Lyle Southwell, and you are with Mon Galash. This is Encounter with God, where we spend our time studying the Bible together. Before we get into our Bible study, we have another clue for our quiz. Nobody's This one's a bit obscure. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I feel like you've already given away clue number four in a larger extent. Because who am I? I was the commander of Saul's army. Yeah. We, we agreed that it was a general. Now we know whose general it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, after this, the clues are going to get... I think we only have one clue left. And just I've got, I've got another clue. Yeah, save it. So we're going to need it later because okay. we've only got one clue left and it's basically just telling you what the first letter of this person's name is. I've got a cool clue that goes with a cool story. Okay, cool. Save it for later. Yeah. See how it'll it be fun. That. We'll do it next, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, all right, we'll do that one next. It'll be, an, it'll be an obscure clue, but if you do some research, you'll be able to find it from this particular clue. All right. Where are we up to? We were studying our Bibles. Okay, so Mon, tell us if uh, tell us all about what to do if you get a dodgy signal in your area. Oh, it's very easy. You just have to jump across to the live show, which is a perfect clarity of signal, um, provided you're not in the Simpson Desert, uh, by going to your app store or your Google Play Store, whatever it is you have on your phone where you can download apps and download the TuneIn radio app. Now, it is free. You just have to get past all the ads where they try and make you pay for it. And then once you've downloaded it for free, you just search for Faith FM Australia. You add us to your favorites and you can actually listen to live radio through an app. It's very cool. Hmm. Yeah. And then you can like just stick us in your pocket. You can listen to us wherever you go, on the train, on a plane, on a motorbike. (laughs) Wherever you go. Absolutely. Okay. So make sure you grab the app and... uh Listen to us Australia-wide with a perfect Worldwide. signal. Worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide with a perfect signal. That's right. Oh, we've got friends in far-fung places who listen to the show. Yep. i got friends in America. i got friends in South Africa who tune in. England. Yeah, England. That's right, England. Ethiopia. Yeah. Eth- yep, Ethiopia. South America. Some people stay up real late to listen to this. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. All right, so our Bible study today comes from Luke chapter 4. And in many ways, it's a continuation of Mary's song that we were studying yesterday. Uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting chapter, and, it's, and we're just going to take our time. We're going to work our way through it. So, Luke chapter four, and Mon, if you could start reading for us in verse fourteen, please. This is uh, give it a little bit of background. It's just after the temptation in the wilderness. So, Jesus has spent forty days and forty nights fasting and praying in the wilderness. After which, Satan came and tempted him with the most powerful temptations that he could put to him. The first one being, "If you are the Son of God." Make these stones turn into bread. The second one being, if you are the Son of God, jump down from the top of this tower. And the third one being, if you worship me, I'll give you everything. Um, And of course, Jesus had come to this earth to win everything, to purchase everything that Satan was claiming that he owned. And of course, he was going to purchase with his own blood, with his life, uh, a horrific death. He knew what was going to happen. It was, you know, something that was hanging over his head for his entire life. And Satan comes along and says, you know what? I'll give it to you for free. Just worship me. But, of course, if Jesus had done that, the great controversy would have been lost. Okay, so that's the background of this story. Jesus has been through this experience, and then he turns returns to Nazareth. Mon, pick up the story for us in Nazareth, please. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. 
When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Okay, stop there for a moment. Let's just uh, give a bit of background here. Jesus has come back from the wilderness. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and he starts a preaching ministry. He becomes quite famous throughout the region. He's obviously a great preacher. He's, um, the Bible says that he teaches with authority. Unlike the scribes and the Pharisees who taught with a whole lot of ifs, buts and maybes. Uh, Jesus just stated it how it was. And so, you know, he eventually, as he is uh, working his way through the different synagogues and he's, and he's preaching in the synagogues, uh, he eventually comes home to Nazareth and he goes to the same synagogue that he had been going to, through, you know, as a kid growing up, he knows everybody who's sitting there. And so they pass him a Bible. And the Bible is open to Isaiah chapter 61. Now, what was typically the case in the synagogues during this era is that they would work their way through the Bible. And so there's every likelihood that this wasn't just something that Jesus pulled it out and says, you know what, I'm going to preach on this particular verse today. Um, this was the verse of the day. Um, this is the verse, read this verse, and preaches a sermon on this verse. And so Jesus reads this verse and he starts to preach on it. And things start to go sideways. Uh, Mon, what have you got for us there in verse 18 and 19? Let's, let's read uh, what it, the verse that Jesus reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. Okay, stop there. This verse of the Bible gets Jesus into all kinds mm-hmm. of trouble. Yep. Why does this verse get him into trouble? Is there anything in this verse right here that you would find offensive if it was written if it was read in church? I mean, no. So why do they get so offended over this particular passage? Because when we read this passage right here, it's all about social justice, isn't it? Mhm. Well, I mean, the reason they got offended was because this verse is uh, 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 talking about the coming the coming Messiah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they knew that this was a prophecy about the Messiah. They knew that when the Messiah came, that this is what the Messiah would do. Correct. Within this verse, right here where it talks about uh, delivering the captives, what did they have in mind? Oh, I mean, they thought that they would want to get freed from the Roman Roman rule. The Jews were under Roman oppression, and they were like, "Yes, we're going to be freed. This Messiah is going to come, and he's just going to slay all the Romans, and we're going to make make us kings." How oppressed do you think the Jews were by the Romans? Oh, probably not that oppressed. Okay, you know where the uh, biggest economy in the world was in the in the uh, Roman Empire in the first century? No, the city of Rome itself. Oh, okay, you know where the second biggest economy was? Where the temple in Jerusalem. Oh, really? Absolutely. Those were the two biggest economies in the world. So they weren't. They so weren't. they were under Roman oppression, yes. And they hated it, yes. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about oppression, they were not being. <laughs> this was definitely first world problems for the Jews yeah. in the first century. Probably the same way the Americans complain about Donald Trump. 
Yeah, yeah, not, like, yeah. Under oppression from Donald Trump, they just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they still have to pay taxes, like everyone else. That's right. That's right. They had to pay taxes to the Romans, and of course, you know, they were a race that was uh, had developed a lot of um, exclusivity. You know, mm-hmm. they they saw Gentiles as being. Lesser than themselves. I and think yet they that's con- the root problem. They thought they were so good because these Romans were Gentiles, and yet these Romans have one up on them. I think that's where the problem is. It is. It is because when you when you are a part of a society that won't even step under the roof under the same roof as a Gentile, mm. you will not touch a Gentile. You will not eat in the presence of a Gentile. That's a very, very exclusive race. And yet you've got to pay taxes to the Gentiles? Ooh, that's and that's, that's right. That's got to burn. That's right. You would have to ask yourself the question, if we are the chosen race, why are we paying taxes to the, Gentile, to the Gentiles? Yep. And I reckon that there was probably a few Romans and a few Gentiles around who on occasions reminded the Jewish people of oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. that very fact when mm-hmm. they got all high and mighty about, you know, we're the chosen people, etc., etc., etc. And it's like, well, actually, you know what? We're the ones who are in control of you. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus reads this prophecy, this is a prophecy about the Messiah. They know it's about the Messiah. They have been presenting this as a messianic prophecy for a very, very long time because it speaks about setting the captives free. They see themselves as being oppressed and as being victims and as being captives. And... As a result of that, they have this uh, this whole victim mentality. Oh, we're victims of the Romans. You know, what are we going to do? Ah, there's this verse right here. Sooner or later, one day the Messiah will come and will set us free. However, the freedom to the captives here is not all that this passage speaks about. No. The Bible says that it begins by uh, to preach the gospel to the poor. Mm-hmm. And within Jewish society of the first century, being poor was evidence of the displeasure of God. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And it's exactly the same in Christianity today where you have the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel teaches that God wants you to be wealthy. Right? Yeah. And... Okay, so let's think about that for a moment. If God wants you to be wealthy and you are not wealthy, what's the implication? That you're not in God's favor. You are not in God's favor. And so the wealthy amongst the Jewish elite uh, looked at the rest of the population and said, well, they're obviously not in God's favor. They are great sinners because they are not wealthy. Which isn't right. It's exactly the same today. If you are not wealthy in a prosperity church, then... By default, you are not in God's favor. And it's amazing how people in prosperity churches try and get into God's favor. And it's amazing how they get the wool pulled over their eyes when you get these prosperity preachers who stand up and say, oh, if you give me money, then God is going to bless you. Um, God has blessed me. See how much money I have. Well, Mm -hmm. the reason that he has so much money is because he's been swindling his followers and promising them wealth. And prosperity gospel is nothing more than an appeal to the flesh. That's it, yeah. You know, it's the devil who says the love of money. Sorry, it's, it's, it's God who said that the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the root of what the, the devil wants to do to you. And the prosperity gospel is based around, it is saturated in the love of money. It's a con. It's just a religious con. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And some of the uh, wealthiest people on our planet today are preachers because of this kind of con. I think the uh, uh, like out of the top wealthiest preachers, I think like five or six of them in, are in Nigeria. Mm. That, that should say something. I mean, Absolutely. 40% of the Nigerian economy is run off scams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we hear stories every single day of some poor woman being caught by a scam out of Nigeria. Yeah. Or even a lot of guys in the, you know, not so much uh, now a lot of the business ones, but the romance scams have just become ridiculously huge and they all emanate out of Nigeria. And these guys, they go in, they play the long game and they play it very, very well. And they... Uh, it's a bit sad that your entire country can be known for being scammers. Yeah. It's a bit, you'd think that their country would have taken an interest in cleaning up their, their international reputation. You'd think they'd be ashamed. Nigeria is a very broken, a very broken yeah. country, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, here the message is to the poor. The mm. blessing is to the poor. The message is not that the poor are out of God's favor, but the poor are in God's favor and going to be receiving God's favor. Okay, so it starts by talking about the poor. He goes on to speak about another group of people. Who is that? Um, verse 18. Uh, captives in. Uh, captives, so yeah. The captives are blind. The blind, and the yes. Oppressed. Um, and the oppressed. Mine says those that are bruised. That's interesting. Ooh. But also to heal the brokenhearted. Um, I don't know what your translation says there. In no, mine doesn't mention that one. Really? Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. Mine says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, so we, we read this passage here, and of course the Jews applied it to themselves. They said, like, yes, this is the Messiah. The only thing they read about was the captives being set free. They had a victim mentality. Oh, we've been victimized by the Romans. And the Romans, you know, they weren't great people, you know, the way they ran the world. It was an oppressive re- regime. But it definitely was first world uh, problems for uh, people in first century Judah. All right, let's read verse 20, please, Mon. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Okay, so here we have Jesus. He's come to his home church. And as he arrives in his home church... They are all expecting great things. They are very proud because they have produced a sensational speaker who was simply a carpenter, and now he has uh, come to his home church, and it's like, great, we're going to have a great sermon right here. Um, He's given this passage to read. He reads the passage, and then he says this. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Okay. How do you think they have responded? They're going to respond at that point. I think they're going to be a little bit confused at first. Okay, a little bit confused at yep. first, yeah? Uh huh. All right, so let's say that you were in church and there was a famous speaker going around, uh, a celebrity preacher, mm-hmm. and had, had you know quite a large following. A lot of people turned up, you know, visitors and so forth, because yeah, there was a special speaker coming to your church. And let's say that he read a passage from the Bible about the Messiah and said, you know what? That's me. What would your reaction be? Let's say the Messiah had not yet come. What would your reaction be? Oh, if the Messiah had not yet come. That makes it a whole lot different. Let's put it in that context. Okay, before we put it in that context, put it in present day context. Oh, I would dismiss it out of hand. Because I know the Messiah has come. Yeah. So, so just, it's not even a question. Would you, would, you, like, would, you, <laughs> would you switch off or walk out? Or say, Ooh. huh? Um, 
I probably would walk out just because the Bible says don't even go, like, or don't even go to listen to people who claim to be Messiah. You know, if he's in the desert, if he claims to be in the desert, don't even go to the desert. So I, I would, yeah, I'd probably walk out. I would be very concerned about who who stayed, though. Like, if I had some yeah. friends who were in there, I'd be like, dude, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Time to go. Um, if it was back then and someone claimed to be Messiah, I suppose because it's his home turf and it's often your family that's the hardest to witness to because they know, you know, how you've grown up and who you are. Oh, I don't know. I I know because I am a cynical person, I probably would have been like, what? And I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Mm. To ask questions. Yeah. there is. It's a healthy thing to ask questions. Yeah. And I think at this particular point, for myself, I'd be like, wait, what? Wait a minute. Really? He's claiming that? Then, okay, so place yourself in that synagogue in those days. Mm. This happens. Uh, you've grown up in Nazareth. Jesus has grown up in Nazareth. You're a couple of years older than him, but um, he's obviously you know, become a bit of a sensation around the area. He turns up, and you're looking forward to a great sermon. He says this. How do you react, Mon? Yeah, I, I probably think he was having a laugh, Okay, to be honest, yeah. Would your mind immediately just sort of automatically flick back and say, wait a minute, I know this guy, he's grown up around me, and you just stop, sort of stop and think about the kind of person he was? Yeah. And then I think I'd be a little bit worried thinking, hang on, what if he is the Messiah? What kind of person have I been to him all this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if this, this, what if this guy is the son Did of I God? I take his lunch money? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that um, I think that we would both probably have um, a few reasons <laughs> to feel a little bit worried um, at that particular point. I think we all want to believe that if Jesus told us he was Jesus back then, we would all just automatically fall in love and just believe him. But I think the reality is most of us would be questioning. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Jesus goes on and makes some very profound statements that I think carry a lot of truth. Um, let's read verse twenty-two. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Ah, there you go, because he did not have a bachelor's degree in theology. Mm. Neither did he have... He was a chippy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Neither did he have a master's degree in in theology. Neither did he have a PhD in theology. He had none of those things that would qualify him for modern-day ministry. It is no wonder, particularly that those who were educated were very jealous of his position and spoke you know, quite strongly and many times against his position because like, he hasn't even been to school. He hasn't even been learned. You Wouldn't know? Like, the audience, like everything running through their mind, all the other controversies surrounding Jesus, like his dodgy birth with you know Mary getting pregnant out of wedlock and Ooh, then the bit where yeah, he like, disappears into the temple and his parents have to go back and find him and he's there teaching them. Like, wouldn't like, all those things like, flash through your mind as he's like... And some of those things song. are going to conflict with each other, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, so his dodgy birth because, you know, let's face it, he was born out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Which means that he was considered to be, you know, the bastard child of a peasant girl. That's mm-hmm. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Be, and, and, and Mary, no doubt, um, or maybe she did, I, maybe she didn't, I don't know, could have easily made a defense of herself and said, you know, well, you know, the, the actual fact is that I am still a virgin. 
I know I'm pregnant, but I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Clearly she did not say that Mm. because the people here in Nazareth were not expecting Jesus to claim to be the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So this was not a defense that Mary had taken up. Probably a smart move because if she had have done, yeah, people would have gone, well, you know what? We know how people get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, okay, you're a really nice person, but, um, yeah, even nice people do the wrong thing on occasions. Anyway, let's go to uh, Josh White with He Is Able. He is able to keep us from stumbling. He is able when distances come between everything that we hold dear. He is able. Draw us into deeper life he is able To cut away like a knife Everything that keeps us from him Everything that keeps us from him
That was Josh White with He Is Able. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for... Oh, is it my turn yeah, for clue? Yeah, homemade okay, clue. Right, Off right. you go, Lyle. It's your turn. The Bible says that this man died a fool's death. Ooh. That's what the Bible says. Okay. And the story that goes with it is um, somebody that I knew... Um, Named uh, somebody that I knew knew somebody that named their child uh, that they were working in the uh, uh, maternity ward, and you know, uh, don't a, say a, the sing- name, Lyle. A, a single mother came in mm-hmm. and uh, had a baby, mm-hmm. and a little baby boy, and named their child with this name. Okay, and uh, and she's like, I think it's a Bible name, but I just really like it. Anyway, um, my friend was like, ooh, that's a really nice name. Should I, should I mention that this particular person died a fool's death? Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> is this the guy that died hanging by his hair? No. Don't say that person's name because I think... Don't, no, don't know it is person. not that person. Okay, okay. It is not that person. This person did die a fool's death. Well, it was kind of unfortunate how he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Very unfortunate circumstances. Anyway, it is not the guy that ended up hanging by his hair. I didn't say that person's name either. I did not say that person's okay. name. I You'll just said the person. Hanging. I've been, man, telling that story. Oh, it's just been on the tip of my tongue. I've nearly said his name like three times already. Let's just move on then. Let's get back on the Bible study. Back <laughs> no, on the Bible study. Let's stay with it. Let's, let's no, just, no, 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 no. Let's just play on the edge this morning. Uh-uh. Run. Not have, have, a, have, a, have a, a, a risky life. Okay, so where are we up to? We are in uh, Luke chapter 4. Let's keep reading. Uh, Verse 23, please. Then he said, you'll undoubtedly quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like those you do in Capernaum. Sorry. Capernaum. Oh, no, I got that right. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Okay, let's stop there. Mm. Let's work our way through it. Jesus has done. Jesus did a lot of preaching down in Capernaum. He was um, set up quite a bit of a base there, and as a result of that, um, he um, he you know built up for a name for himself, and so now he's come home, and they're like, "Yeah, we want you to do the same miracles here as you did there," but. There is something has happened in the synagogue. Something has taken place that has caused Jesus to say what he says in verse 24, that no prophet is accepted in his own country. What do you think it is that has taken place? Because nobody's really said anything yet, have they? I guess maybe there's just more like a freak show for them as opposed to anyone's having any heart change. I think he reads the look on their faces. Yeah, the disbelief. I think he's like, yeah, I'm the Messiah. And they look at him like, no, you're not. You're the kid who grew up here. Mm. We know who you are. You're the carpenter's son. Um, and I think he reads the disbelief on his on their face, and he's like, "Yeah, well, a prophet is never accepted in his hometown." Have you ever, ever experienced that? Have I ever been a prophet? Yeah, no, I haven't. Long. <laughs> <laughs> but do you find that the people who you grew up with give yeah. you less credibility? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. right. Absolutely, the people you grew up with. They give you way less credibility than you know the average listener here on Faith FM um, who listens to our Bible study each yeah, day. Yeah, actually, um, you know, when I first became a, a Bible worker, a Bible teacher, full-time Bible teacher, I had a friend of mine who we were having a tumultuous time in our friendship, and she called me up and she said, "Why would you be a Bible worker? I know who you are, and I know the things you you've done. Someone like you should not be a Bible teacher." 
um, which is really heavy words. That is ridiculously yeah. heavy. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I mean, it exemplified to me that she didn't understand the concept of the gospel. It's because of my yeah. wretchedness that makes me a perfect person to tell other people that Jesus can forgive them because he's forgiven me. Absolutely. If, you know, if he'll accept me and if he'll give me eternal life, he will definitely give it to you. So it actually makes me a prime teacher. But, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, Peter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Peter's in. Come on now. If Peter's in, I don't think you can top Peter, right? Yeah, that's right. Denied Jesus to his face mm-hmm. at Jesus' most vulnerable time. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, no, that's a very sad story. Um, yeah. In rela- the saddest thing about that story is the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the lack of understanding of the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, I don't even. I don't think they're a Christian anymore. No, really. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's read verse twenty-five through twenty-seven, please. Twenty-five. Uh, certainly, there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the heavens were closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephathus in the land of Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Nahum, a Syrian. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Where does Jesus go to defend himself at this particular point? To Elijah. He goes to the Bible, he goes to the Bible stories and he starts to give some examples like no prophet is accepted in his hometown. He begins with Elijah and then he moves on to Elisha. And why is he telling these particular stories? I think they had similar experiences. Yeah. They weren't accepted in their hometowns. Absolutely. How do you think the Jewish people felt, and we talked about how exclusive they were, that they wouldn't touch a Gentile They wouldn't go under the same roof as a Gentile. They wouldn't eat food with a Gentile. They were incredibly exclusive and saw themselves as being incredibly superior to all Gentiles, even though the Gentiles ruled over them. Um, But then Jesus turns around and makes this statement right here, and he reminds them that when Elijah was in trouble, he did not go to a Jewish Mm. woman to look after him. He went to a Lebanese woman, mm-hmm. and it was a Lebanese woman that gave him food and shelter and protection and um, refuge from King Ahab. Then he continues on, and he talks about the lepers. Naaman the leper. Let's mm-hmm. think about Naaman the leper for a moment, because Naaman the leper was not Jewish. There were lots on lots of lepers in Israel that were Jewish, and God didn't heal any of them, not even through Elisha. Instead, God heals a Syrian. So one is the story of a Lebanese girl, the other is the story of a Syrian, and Jesus points this out to them, that God passed over the so-called chosen people to pour out his blessings on people who were Gentiles. Mm. Do you think these were the favourite stories of uh, the Jews at this particular yeah, time? Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, so they've been they've been reading this passage in Isaiah chapter sixty-one. Yes, the captives are going to be let free. We're going to throw off the the, the, the Roman yoke, and we're going to become free. Uh, Jesus is like, yeah, you know what? 
There's a number of stories in the Bible where God passed over you guys and favored Gentiles in your stead. There is something drastically wrong with the way that you are looking at the world. Okay, so Jesus has um, pretty much just read the Bible here. He reads from Isaiah. He reads the story or he shares the story of uh, Elijah and Elisha. He's just quoting scripture, isn't he? Yeah. How do they respond? Verse 28. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. They basically wanted to murder him. It's crazy. <laughs> like his own hometown. His own hometown. They fulfilled it, basically. Uh-huh. Prophets are never accepted, and then they just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, we'll play into that. Let's try and kill you. <laughs> oh, it tells you something about the uh, foolishness of human nature. Um, yeah. Anyway, we have to move on with this morning's uh, show. Let's uh, listen to the ball, brothers. Let your light shine.
What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Sandra Enderman with Treasure here on Faith FM. We have come to our question of the day time. We need a clue, Lyle. Oh. Well, the homemade clue. Have you got one? No. Okay. How about uh, his name starts with the letter A? That was letter A. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, if you think you know the answer. That's 1-800-324-843. Excuse me, uh, or you can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And he had a six. Andy had a six pack. How do you know? Huh? Well, think about his name. Dad uh, uh, oh joke of the year, right there. That's terrible. <laughs> and don't you dare give it away just because you want to explain your dad joke. Right? <laughs> okay, so this is a, this is our question of the day for today. Uh, people are saying that the Holy Spirit is a being. My question is, will we see the Holy Spirit uh, the Holy Spirit seated on his throne like the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, when we go to heaven? That's a really good question. There are uh, only a number of uh, first-hand accounts, um, eyewitness accounts of the throne room in heaven. And if we start in, um, I'm turning the wrong way in my Bible, if we start in the book of Daniel, uh, we read here about the Father and the Son. Daniel chapter 7, the Bible says this, uh, verse 9, the Bible says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down or set in place. The Ancient of Days sat. His garment was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool, his throne like the fiery flame, and his wheels like burning fire. So there we have the throne room in heaven. We have a throne being set in place. We have the Father taking his seat. A little bit further down in verse 13, it says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And so in this passage, we find that um, Jesus arrives and he joins the Father there. The Bible says that Jesus sat down on the right hand of the Father. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1. Now, this is the summary of the things that we have spoken. We have such a high priest who is sitting on the right hand of the Father in heaven, um, Jesus Christ, etc., and so we know that there in, in the throne room in heaven, there is a throne. The Father sits on that throne. The Son sits on that throne. But whereabouts do we find the Holy Spirit? Your main, your, your, probably your three main descriptions of the throne room. You have this very brief one here in Daniel chapter 7. You have a very detailed one in Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10, which kind of doesn't go into detail about the Holy Spirit. But then you have John's account in the book of Revelation. And John's account does speak of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so this is, once again, a vision of the throne room of God, and this is what it says. Uh, verse 5, out of the throne uh, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, you might say, well, that's seven spirits. How does that actually work? You've got to remember the number seven in the Bible is a number of completeness. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit has seven different attributes, and the Holy Spirit in the sanctuary, in the temple, was symbolized by the menorah, the seven-branched candlesticks. It was one candlestick 
with seven different aspects to it, one of them, the middle one, being more preeminent than the others. We find them described over in Isaiah. So we flick over to Isaiah chapter 11. Uh, Turning, 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 turning. Here we go. And here they are. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So the Spirit of the Lord, there's his divinity. There's your first one. The Spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So there you've got the seven different aspects making up one Holy Spirit described as seven lamps of fire on one candlestick. And so the Bible does describe the physical presence of the Holy Spirit in the throne room of God. On the personhood of the Holy Spirit, we would be remiss if we didn't comment on this uh, very quickly. So I'm just going to read to you uh, from John where Jesus makes it as clear as he possibly can. I want you, I want you to count the, the, the personal pronouns that he uses here in relationship to the Holy Spirit. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. That's nine times in two short verses where Jesus has very, very clearly made it known that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. Um, so yeah, there's some, some thoughts on uh, the Holy Spirit. I look forward to seeing the seven lamps of fire living in the temple in heaven. If you have a question, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth planted deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness, that the light of Christ might be seen today. In our acts of love and our deeds of faith Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us All your purposes for your glory
You're listening to Keith and Kristen Getty. Speak, O Lord, here on Faith FM. We've come to the end of the show. And as always, at the end of the show, we give something away for free. So get ready to give us a call. 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0419-064-669 if you are feeling lucky because it does go to the first caller through. So get ready yes. to start dialing right now. And there, there is still our breakfast Bible quiz live. So no one's answered that once. If you know who in the Bible had... Abs, give us a call, one eight hundred Faith Yes. <laughs> See, I told you it was an awesome dad joke. <laughs> um, but for now, our freebie, uh, end of the show freebie. I guarantee that this guy did as well. Yeah. Because he, he was done. a seriously yeah. tough dude. He was yeah. a warrior. Yeah, he was a boss. Uh, give us a call if you'd like to get a copy of this one, though. Uh, How to Live in Health and Wholeness, Principles for Health and Wholeness in Body, Soul and Spirit by Brian Houston. So this is a, a great book about uh, physical and spiritual uh, health. Uh, give us a call. The first person through will get a copy of it completely for free. It's as simple as that. Okay, so give us a call, 1-800-324-843. And uh, don't forget that if you'd like to know more about the Bible, we remind you of this every day. We want to come and study the Bible with you or help you in any way that we can. If you just if you don't even have a Bible, just give us a call. We will send you a Bible. Read it for yourself. Actually, tonight uh, at 7 o'clock at the Gillison Heights Community Centre, there is a new Bible study kicking off. It's just for one hour. has soup and buns and a bit of nibbles attached. But that is a freebie. You can come along to that as well. Book of Daniel, chapter by chapter, from one end to the other. Very interesting. You'll be with Peter Watts and Braden Enterman. Yes. So indeed. that will be a sensational series. So give us if a you're call in the area, details. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jesus Christ. 
cries cause he loves them both We're all castaways in need of rope Hanging on by the last threads of our hope In a house, a mirror full of smoke Confusion, illusions I've seen But where did I go wrong? I sang along to every chorus of the song That the devil wrote like a piper at the gate Leading my cement down to their fate Some will courageously escape The seductive voice with the heart of faith While walking the line back home There's so much more to life than We've been told it's full of beauty that will unfold And shine like you struck gold my wayward son The dead weight burden weighs a ton I'll go down to the river and let it run Wash away all the things you've done Forgiveness, alright Farther along, ooh, know all about it. Farther along, ooh, understand why. So cheer up, my brothers. Live in the sun. He's forever blessed. Is this the kingdom? And we're the guests. So put your voice 